Amen. First Peter, First Peter 2 and verse 11. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers. Would you look at your neighbor and say, you're a stranger. Look at your neighbor and say, you're not meant to be here. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lust, which wars against or which will war against the soul. Lord, we thank you so very much once again for allowing us to be together. Lord, today I ask that you would touch every saint of God, every one of our dear guests that are with us today, family members and friends, oh Lord, unify us, oh Lord, unify us in our effort to touch the hem of your garment just like that woman with the issue of blood. Lord, we need a touch from you. We're going to press through the crowd. We're going to press through all of the issues of life, oh Lord. We're going to do what we can to deny our flesh and get away from our flesh so we can live for you and you alone. God, I ask that you would anoint these lips of clay. Anoint this mind and this spirit, Lord, to deliver your word. And Lord, let every person that is under the sound of my voice, Lord, receive what the spirit would say to the church. You've given me an assignment, Lord, and Lord, I am going to do my best to complete that assignment today. In Jesus' name, and the church says, amen. If you would, one more time, turn around and tell somebody you're glad to see them at Truth Church today. You may be seated. Let me take just a moment, and I want to welcome every new family member here at Truth Church. I know some of you have been out sick, some of you third and fourth time. Let's welcome all of our new family members, every new Truth Church family members. Amen. It's very in order. If you would, take some time. If you see a new face, you see someone, chase them down and tell them you're glad to see them at Truth Church. Don't scare them to death, but just chase them down and tell them you're glad to see them at Truth Church today. Uh, yes, or not yesterday, but last night, rather, I came here uh, to the prayer room, the conclusion of 24-hour uh, prayer, and I, when I got home, it was it was rather late, um, a little bit after 12, I think it was 12:30, something like that. Uh, I looked at Ginger and I said, "I did it now." He's like, "What'd you do?" I said, "Man, I don't know. I just felt the presence of God, and so I was praying. And I was preaching a little bit. I'm glad nobody came in during my my time because uh, you'd have got a little bit of today and." You'd have probably been scared half to death because I was, I was beating up the devil and I was mad at the world and I was ticked off at all kinds of stuff. Uh, amen. And uh, I said, I said, you can you tell my voice? He's like, yeah, you sound a little bit lower than you were when you left. I was like, yeah, well, no kids were with me, so I wasn't screaming at them. I was just screaming at the devil and I was, I was just preaching a little bit. So if you hear my voice the way it is this morning, that is not because I have the dreaded disease. It is because that I preach before I preached. Amen. And this new schedule that uh, churches are doing now, just one service, uh, preachers aren't as strong in their voice as they used to be. Uh, you only get one time, sometimes two times, uh, to get that voice a little stronger. I was speaking to Brother Houston uh, a couple weeks ago, and he said, man, ever since we went to one service, my voice feels weaker. And I was like, well, scream louder next time. I don't know what to tell you. 
I said, I like this one service. It's good. I get to spend time with my family, and people get to teach Bible studies and all this good stuff. We're given some opportunity for that to happen. So I said, I like it personally. I don't know if we'll ever go back. Amen. Those of you that just thought we would go back someday, I just lost every one of you. I apologize. But we talked about last week flesh. We talked about things that we have got to get rid of. And today we are going to zero in on the world. Somebody say the world. The world. When you begin to study the world in the Bible, you will find it mentioned in three different contexts. The first one is cosmos, the entirety of God's creation, starting with man at the center and encompassing the universe. Ion, the age in which someone currently lives. Iquinamine say that incorrectly, I understand that I do, but the actual earth, literally the earth that we live on, those three contexts. Stay with me if you will. Now in our journey as children of God, we don't have to worry about the universe being our greatest enemy. You don't have to worry about the universe being your greatest enemy. Why is that? Well, I can go ahead and tell you that I, have, I haven't seen it. I never studied it in school. I've never seen a solar system come down, maybe in some sci-fi flick that somebody's watched. I don't know, maybe it does it there, but I've never seen a solar system come down and engulf someone and carry them away and put them and snare them up. We don't have to get worried about that. That's not what we're talking about today. We're not talking about your favorite sci-fi, God forbid you have one of those uh, films, but we are talking about something completely and totally different. Neither do we have to worry about the earth. It is a beautiful place. Can I get an amen? amen. I love the world in which we live in. I, I love the world, the actual, the beauty. The I love the trees. I love the mountains. I love, I, I love personally, I, I wasn't even putting this in here, but here it goes. I'm about, Brother Jonathan, I'm about to put myself out there right now. I, I am endeavoring before I turn 40 to run a half marathon. I've ran the Houston marathon. I've ran uh, the Dallas half marathon twice. I've ran 5Ks and different things. But I'm endeavoring before I turn 40 years old. I need you to pray for me right now. Those intercessory prayer people, y'all thought we were praying about the church, but you're praying about me. So I need you to pray that I don't die. But I'm going to try my best on March the 12th in Fort Worth, Texas to run. But I love it. I, I used to, I, I say I used to because I hadn't ran. Yesterday I got on a stationary bike that I bought us and I rode it. I, th I can't even remember how many miles I rode it, but it was like three or four miles. But you know, I'm telling you guys, I hadn't ran in a long time. I hadn't done any kind of uh, cardiovascular stuff. And I'm telling you, I almost died in my garage. On my, I promise. I'm not exaggerating. My little daughter, Quinn, I talked about her last week. She came out there. She's like, Dad, are you okay? Because I kept on going, oh, oh. And she's like, are you okay, Dad? And I'm like, no, go inside. I don't want you to see this. It was bad. I had, I had my sweatsuit on. I bought one of the sweatsuits on Amazon. It's got the foil-looking stuff inside. I had a toboggan on. It was a sight. I'm going to take a picture next time, and I'll put it up. But, but I'm endeavoring. I'm endeavoring to run a half marathon on the 12th. So if you want to join me, everybody else has bailed out on me, or they're going on vacation or something, some crazy excuse. Uh, no, they just don't want to die or look like me. But um, anyways... Uh, I'm, I'm March the 12th, so mark it in your calendar if you want to help. I'm going to start a small group. We're going to run. Um, anyways, but I used to love it. I used to love to run. I, 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 I love to run 
in Denison, when I lived in Denison, Ginger, I lived in Denison, I would run up and down the roads. And, man, there's crazy things that you can see. I love the beauty. I love it. Sometimes you have to run from dogs, but I love that. I love to go to Colorado. If you've ever been to Colorado, beautiful. Oh, my goodness, it's beautiful. It's absolutely, I, I want so bad. I've never been. I want to go to Mount Rushmore. I want to see that. There's beauty. There's beauty in this world. So when I say that I love the world, I'm not talking about the things that are in the world, but I'm talking about the things that God's made. The seven, well, I, I want to see the wonders of the world, amen? I want to see all of that stuff, but that is not what I'm talking about today. The place that we live, that we see, that we're around, the earth itself is not going to be what gets us. It's not going to be the Rocky Mountains that get us. It's not going to be uh, the, the wonders of the world that get us. But we do need to worry about the age. We need to worry about the age in which we live. It is the age of the spirit or the time that the word of God so carefully warns us about. If we are not careful, we can judge ourselves Hear me this morning, please, I want you to hear me, based on the low morals and values of this world. You can't, you can't put wrong up against wrong and choose what is the least to be right. Praise God, you know as well as I do when you reach into the bucket of a television or the bucket of movies, you have to be very careful. You can't say, oh, well, it's not that bad. It's not that bad compared to what? You have to be very, very careful. My, my children, they wanted to watch a new film that some of their kids, some of their friends at school wanted to watch. And I, I did not look at anything. But my wife, she said abruptly when they said something to her, they said, absolutely not. She said, absolutely, just last night, she said, absolutely not. We're not watching that. And they said, why, Dad? Why are we not watching that? I said, Mom knows something that I haven't looked at. And she said, because there were people that were not even Christian that said, I don't even believe in God and I don't even care about it. But you can't even get a family film to be something that is conducive for just a family. And so the big red dog, if you will, you need to be very, very careful what you allow yourself to to watch. You can't compare bad apples to bad apples and say, oh, well, this one's not as rotten as that one, so I'm going to eat this rotten apple. We must be careful to daily govern our lives by one thing and one thing only. I'm going to tell you this, Truth Church, don't take my word for it. Don't do it because Pastor Darren said so. Okay, don't, well, Pastor Darren said we can't watch the big red dog. Pastor Darren said we don't need to do this. We don't need to have this. No, 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 no. Stop right there. I'm not that kind of pastor. What I want you to do is I want you to go pick up your book. And I want you to put your book. I don't want you to be an immature Christian. I want you to be a mature Christian. And I want you to pick up your book. And I want you to put your book here. And whatever it is from the spirit of this age right here. And I want you to say, oh, oh no, no, no. The, this book says something about that. This book says if I go there, this is going to happen, and this is going to happen, and it's going to be a slippery soap. And what you have to do, ladies and gentlemen, is you have to judge everything by the book. Don't 
judge it against another bad apple. Don't judge it because of some televangelist says so. Don't do it just because pastor said it. But you judge your life. You judge everything from this world, from the book of the living God. The Bible says, hide it in your heart that you might not sin. One of my favorite, if you will, I know we have them. One of my favorite ministers is coming this year. It's our general secretary, Brother Graham, Scott Graham. He's the one that coined that, or coined that saying when I was at a youth camp many, many years ago. He said, the Bible says, hide the word that you might. It's still a maybe so. It's still just a chance that you won't sin. There's still a grand possibility but what we have to do is we got to judge everything according to the word of God. I feel the Holy Ghost moving in this place right now. The Bible points out several things about the world and the God of this world and what we are trying to accomplish, what, is try, what God's trying to accomplish with each and every one of us. And what I want you to do is grab your Bibles or your Bible app right now. I encourage you, don't just look at the screen. I want you to get it because the reason I want you to get it is because I want you to go and look at them and study them and have them for yourself. I know the Bible. I know you know the Bible. One of our good friends, Brother Macy, he can quote the, almost the entire Bible. But it's something when you read it. It's something when you study it. It's something when you look at the Word. Something begins to speak to you. And so I encourage you. Find these scriptures for yourself. God of this world blinds minds. The God of this world blinds minds. Second Corinthians 4. Second Corinthians 4 and verse 4. Praise God. I'm going to give you a second. Second Corinthians 4 and verse 4. Anybody have it? Read it, Brother Jonathan, as loud as you can. Oh man. Ladies and gentlemen, we got to get our minds on Jesus. We got to get our hearts on Jesus. Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. Somebody find that right now. Be not conformed to this world. Be not conformed to this world. This scripture instructs us exactly what we should do, exactly what we need to do. Read it, Brother Trevor, right now. Oh, listen to that. Listen to that. Ye, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. We need to get a new mind, ladies and gentlemen. Our old things have got to pass away. The old way we used to live, the things that we used to judge our life by, we got to get rid of that, and we got to get the word and say, God, I'm going to judge myself by the word. I'm not going to judge myself according to another Christian that I sit beside in church, another family member that I sit beside in church, but I want to judge myself according to the word of the, your living word. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. Somebody say, I'm going to be transformed. Titus 2 and verse 12. Live soberly, righteously, godly in this present world. Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should. Somebody say, I should do it. I should do it. No, 
hug your neighbor and say, we, we should do it. We should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Hold on. You're talking about the spirit of the age. You're talking about the world in which we live in. You're talking about the world where there's so much bad going on. You're talking about the cesspool that's out there that we put our kids in every single week. You're, you mean that we, he tells us that we should live soberly. That we should live righteously and godly. Somebody say godly. In this present world? You mean I can do it now? Like right now. I'm telling you, if he said we should do it, you can do it. Because he's not going to tell you to do anything that you're not able to do right now. And the God that you and I serve, he tells us, Brother Tex, we got to live soberly. We got to live righteously. We got to live godly. We got to be separated. Nudge your neighbor and say, I'm a peculiar people. All right. Here it is. Care of the world chokes out the word. Hmm. Matthew 13 and verse 22. Matthew 13 and verse 22. He also that receives seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word. Listen to this. And the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches. What? We got to be careful. And the deceitfulness of riches choke the word. Let me tell you something about choking. Give me a second. We'll go back there. Let me tell you something about choking. When somebody puts their hands around your neck or you're getting choked, you don't understand anything else except I've got to get this off my throat. Everything else doesn't matter. You don't care what you do. You don't care what you say. You don't care who you claw. You don't care who you hit. You, I've got to get this off of me. And so you do things that normally you wouldn't do. You go places and you, you get to places that you normally wouldn't get to. What are you trying to say, Pastor Darren? If you care for this world, you're going to find yourself ripping and snorting and hurting and screaming and yelling and trying to get away from whatever's choking you out. But I'm going to tell you something. If you give a little bit of care, if you give a little bit of love, man, oh, man I like this world. I care about this world. Majority of people in the day and age that die of being choked, they, they died trying. They died trying to get out of the choked situation. They were doing their best. They find skin under fingernails and they, they, they find bloodshot eyes and they find all of these things that happen because of being choked. It's a lot of stuff. I studied it. It's crazy. Kicking and screaming, broken toes and broken legs because of the act of trying to get out of being choked. And they failed. 
And so I, tell, I am telling you today, ladies and gentlemen, don't have care for this world. Because if you care for this world, it's going to choke out the word in your life. And the Bible gives specific things at the very end of that scripture. And it says, and he became unfruitful. You're not going to care about what's going on here. You're not going to care about what the Bible says. The only thing you're going to care about is I got to get unchoked. And you're going to die trying to get unchoked. And you're never going to be fruitful. And I can tell you this, the spirit of this age, that's all he cares about. It ain't about the thing that you're caring about. It's about what can I do to make him unfruitful? What can I do to make her unfruitful? Oh, parents, hear me right now. Listen to me right now. It's all right, hon. You can care about the world. It's okay. It's all right to give to this and do this and be a part of this. It's all right. No, it's not. It's not. Pastor Darren, you're preaching hard. I am, but I'm preaching us into a place of consecration. My hope is that we will get into a place of consecration that when we come here that last week of January, we'll pray, Lord, search me. Lord, move in me. Lord, change me. I can't have care for this world. I'm going to tell you something. It's nothing to you. It's not a big deal to you. But what's happening is little by little, Brother Jonathan, the adversary's choking the word out of us. We're not going to understand anything, anything anymore. We're not going to care about what the word says anymore. You heard it at youth camp. You heard it at, at conference. You heard it from Pastor Gilbert. You heard it from Pastor Darren. You heard it over the centuries and over the years. But now it's choked itself out of you. And you don't even recall it or remember it anymore. And what happens is the Bible is telling us that you become unfruitful. And the devil is having a hate day he's got his legs kicked up he's got his cheerleaders in a line and he said cheer on cheer on cheer on because that individual is about to become unfruitful and that's been my goal from the very start Luke 18 or I'm sorry Luke 8 and verse 14 and that which fell among the thorns and they are they which when they have heard go forth and are choked with cares, listen, and riches and pleasures of this life. And here it is again. And bring no fruit to perfection. That's what care of the world does. That's what care of the world, that is the fruit of the world. Riches and pleasures and all this good stuff that we like, but we bring no fruit to perfection. And there's the devil with his pom-pom in the air. Yeah. You go, boy. I've been cheering for you. I'm excited about what you're doing. And the God of heaven is looking over the balcony of heaven saying, no, I want, I want you to be on my team. I want you to care about this world up here. I want you to care about streets of gold and walls of jasper and gates of pearl and a mansion that I've prepared for you. But no, friend, what you're caring about is what you can have right now, what you can put in the palm of your hand, what you can get on your portfolio. That's not the fruit that I'm concerned about. First John. 2, 15 through 17. 
Does anybody know what it says? Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world, listen to me, passeth away. And the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. I need you to lift your hands all across this building. Come on, family. Come on, guests that are in the house. God, let me love you. Let me be in love with you. That I may know you, Jesus. That I may put my head on your bosom and feel your heartbeat. That I may care about you. Come on, sir. Come on, ma'am. It's not just if you want to. It's a commandment from the word of God that we're to give our lives. We're to give of our home. We're to give of our family. We're to give of our, our increase. We're to give of ourselves. The love of this world is destruction. And the spirit of the age, the spirit of the age is trying to get us to love this present world and everything in it. It's all right have a retirement. There's nothing wrong with that. It's all right to have a 401k. I don't, it doesn't matter if you want to do that. That's all right. But ladies and gentlemen, we can't get a love for the spirit of this age. We can't be okay with it. We can't care about it. We can't, we can't just be nonchalant about it. We got to be serious. You, you really think it's that important, Pastor Darren? I do. Because if you and I give an inch or give a centimeter, it'll take a mile. It is the spirit of the age we live in that we must overcome. Every generation that has lived has had its own atmosphere and environment to overcome. We must strive to overcome this age. Somebody say this age. This age. What we can't allow to happen is to judge ourselves against the world. Somebody get your Bible in your hand right now. If all you got is an, a, a phone or a tablet, get it in your hand right now and open up that Bible app. We must always judge ourselves by the Word of God. You'll hear me say it over and over and over again. We must judge ourselves by the Word of God. Don't take Pastor Darren's word for it. Don't take an evangelist's word for it. You judge yourself by the word of God. You look at the word. Don't look at me. I've heard here recently, somebody said, I don't even know who it was. Somebody said something, well, it's all, it's about that man up there on the stage. No, it ain't about me, ladies and gentlemen. You have sadly mistaken and you have, so, I'm sorry, but you're wrong. It ain't about me. I don't want it to ever be about me. I want it to be about this word right here. I'm going to tell you something. I pastor according to the word. I do. I live my life I, the best I can to the word of God. 
And I asked God, just like I did last night in that prayer room, God, if there's any shortcomings in me, because I know there is, because I'm human just like you, God, let me see them. Let them come to the surface so I can fix them according to your word. So we need to guard our mouths. We need to guard our hearts. And we need to let God do surgery from his word on our life. The Bible prophesied how the world would grow more and more evil as time passed by. There was an awareness that there would be people living day to day as the evil grew worse. While we may find ourselves in the midst of this world, we find ourselves, as many do, in the midst of this world, there's going to be all kinds of variables. There's going to be all kinds of things that goes on. But the only thing that's going to always be constant, the only thing that is not going to have shortcomings, the only thing that is going to level up every single time is this book. We're going to live where they try to make you do things that you don't want to do. Amen. Contrary to what people think, COVID is not the mark of the beast. Whoever told you that, that's not true. It may be a prerequisite. It may be something that is sent forth first to get us used to it. I do believe that, but it is not the mark of the beast. That's wrong. Now, that's a bold statement, Pastor Darren. Well, that's right. I promise you. It's not the mark of the beast, but it could very be the gate. Things like I talked to my brother-in-law last night. He went to Chicago went to, for his 50th birthday. Y'all wish him happy birthday. He's an old man. I told him last night, you're 10 years, two months, and se- I think seven days, probably six days now, older than me. You're old. That's what I told him. Anyways. But he told me when he went to Chicago, was, I love this, my place where I was raised and all of that. So I wanted to do a whole lot of fun stuff. But we literally had to come home early because we couldn't eat anywhere, couldn't go anywhere unless we showed our Vax card. Nowhere. Couldn't go anywhere. Even the suburbs, they had some friends come pick them up and they tried to go out and they couldn't even do that. It was not what they wanted to do. Is had messed their whole plans up. I believe that sounds a whole lot like you can't buy, sell, or trade. You can't be here, you can't be there. I, I get that. But I don't believe COVID is in fact the mark of the beast. But there's a lot of different variables. There's a lot of different things that are going to go on. There's a lot of bad things that are going to happen. You, you see it. You read it. I, I have, I, I'm about to turn them back off. I, uh, when I updated my phone the last time, I, get, uh, I constantly get Apple news, date, news updates. And, and I'm telling you, they don't have, there's no good news anywhere. It's, it's all bad news. Every single thing. I'm not even joking. I would scroll and flip the page and go scroll. Everything's bad. This person's dead. This person got killed. This person's murdered. This person's in prison. This celebrity did this. This celebrity did that. This coach did this. And, uh, tons and tons and tons of headlines. There's a lot of bad things, a lot of bad variables. There's all things that are going to go wrong. But the only constant that we will find in this age and in this world that we live in is this book right here. So I'm telling you, put your pamphlets down, put all your owner's manuals down, and pick up the only owner's manual that matters. And that's the word of the living God in whom you and I serve.
time, Pastor. It took you a long time to get that out. Well, I wanted to make sure that I used as much animation that I possibly could that this book will not fail you. This book is the best litmus test that you could ever find. And I encourage you, ladies and gentlemen, to read this book. I don't care what you know how to do. I don't care what your specialty is. I don't care what you got your doctorate in, your bachelor's in. It doesn't matter any of that. You better learn this book. I said, you better learn this book. He told us, hide it in your heart. Hide it in your heart. You know the old little song from, the, from Sunday school, the devil is a sly old fox. If I could catch him, I'd put him in a box. Lock that box and throw away the key for all those tricks he's played on me, I'm going to tell you something. If you don't allow this book to lead you and guide you and know this book, I'm going to tell you something. You're going to be really, 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 really mad at the sly old fox because the sly old fox is going to be sly. And he's going to push some things here and push some things there. And you're going to turn back one day and you're like, how did this happen? I'm going to tell you the only way that it happened is you did not judge yourself by the book. You didn't get in the book. If you get in the word of God and let the word of God speak to you and tell you it is relevant for this day, ladies and gentlemen praise God there are some sins that are basic and common to every generation that lives lying, stealing immorality, etc however, however every generation has had more and more evil to overcome still the word of God has remained the same Regardless of what the world may throw our way, we have the most powerful, effective tool, and that is the Word of God. Focus your attention to the screen right now. The Word of God. It is the only thing that's effective. It's the only tool that we need. It is the most powerful tool we have in our arsenal. It has never changed. It has never weakened. It has never wavered. It has always worked. And it will always work. In spite of whatever new depravity we live or we have or we face, let me tell you something. It's going to work. The scripture points out to us in John 2 verse 15 through 17 that we looked at a moment ago. The three basic elements of the world. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. Basically, if our ambitions, young people, I want you to hear me. Young adults, I want you to hear me. Elders, please listen to what I'm about to say. Basically, if our ambitions, desires, and goals can be traced back to, the one, to one of those three elements, we need to remove them from our lives. If we have hope to remain spiritually profitable, we got to get those things out of our life. Hear me. Your ambitions. If it's tied back to flesh, if it's tied back to lust, if it's tied back to the eyes, if it's tied back to pride, the pride of life, it's tied back to any of that, you better cut it off. 
You better get rid of it. Man, that's pretty mean, Pastor Darren. I'm not being mean. I'm telling you, the spirit of this age seems nice, but it's not nice. I'm telling you that I am going to be 40 on March the 15th, 2022. And since I came back from Gateway College of Evangelism, now known as Urshan Graduate School, Urshan College, I have seen people fall victim to the spirit of the age. For some, it was a silent killer. For some, I was just waiting for the day because you could see. But there were some that it was silent. There were some that still toted their Bible, Sister Joanta. There were some that still sang. There were some that still played. Some that still served. And it was a silent killer because there was a care. There was a love. There was something that was an ambition that was driven not by God and by his word, but it was driven by lust of the flesh, the pride of life. The lust of the eyes. And all of a sudden, unbeknownst to me, because I'm, I'm not God. I, I, I'm, Bishop's not God. All of a sudden, boom. Where did they go? Why aren't they here? I never saw that coming. The spirit of the age is sly. The spirit of the age will kill you openly where everybody can see or it will wait until you get really close to death and then it will start letting people know. And it's too late for me to grab a hold. It's too late for your brother or sister to grab a hold. I'm going to tell you something. We got babies that love Jesus Christ, that have a heart for Jesus Christ. Parents, we better get a heart for Jesus Christ. We better get a love for Jesus Christ. You can't make the world... Hear this. You can't make the world part of the foundation of your life and believe that your spiritual house will stand. That's what matters. Your spiritual house is what matters. Who cares what kind of cars we drive? Who cares what address that we live at? The only thing that matters is your spiritual life. Your spiritual house. Did it have a firm foundation, Sister Deline? Did the roof have any leaks? If it did, you better get them fixed today. Was there some draft under the door? You better go get the word and patch up that draft. Is there something wrong with the heater? Is there something wrong with the air conditioner? Is there something wrong somewhere with this spiritual house? Is the hot water heater about to blow up? You better go judge it by the word. Make sure everything is what it should be or your spiritual house will fall. We must carefully check our motives and our motivation for what we are trying to accomplish in life. We must understand the importance. I'm going to tell you, listen to me for a second. It is not happenstance that our mission for our church is to love God, serve others, Live for God and share with others. It's not happenstance. Because let me tell you something. We must understand the importance of living for God. It is living your life for him. Or 
in, this is what will happen. Your entire life, if it doesn't revolve around him, if your dinner doesn't revolve around him, I'm going to tell you something. My kids, hopefully that I can do a good job at being a dad and show them that his kingdom and him is more important than anything. Right now, when I pick them up from school, or Ginger picks them up from school, you know what they ask? Are we going to the church? Maybe. Probably so. It's important. Everything I do in life is for God's kingdom. I'm, on, I'm being completely and totally transparent right now. Everything revolves around his kingdom. God, what do you want me to do? God, how do you want me to do that? God, I, I'm, listen, I'm trying to balance everything how you want me to balance it out. It's you first, and then my family, and then the church family. But God, what is it you want me to do? I'm going to tell you something. There's stories that I read in the Bible. We don't live here. It feels like we do sometimes. We don't live here. But there's stories that I read in the Bible that talk about that's where they were. That's where they live. They were there all the time. And so I want my babies, Brother Tex, to love this place. I want my family to love this place. I want them to love what they feel when they come into this place. I want, I want, I want them to be familiar with this place. I want them to be, oh man, I like, I like this place. I feel safe in this place. I know what happens when I come to this place. God comes down from heaven and he kisses the earth where we're at right now. And he puts his arms around us. It's just like a chick going into the hen house. That's what I want my babies to feel. And so I tell you something right now. We better make sure that our entire life revolves around God and his desires and not our desires. God, I don't want it to be my desires. I don't want it to be my wants. I don't want it to be my plans. But God, I want it to be your desires in my life. The scripture gives us instruction of what we are to do concerning the world. And I'm almost done. He tells us how to handle it. He tells us how to get a grip on the world, if you will, and how to overcome it. Overcome. To subdue, conquer, prevail, get the victory, to get the better of, to master, suppress, prevail over, surmount, or overwhelm. How to overcome the world. God tells us how to do that. God wants us to be overcomers in this age that we live in right now. We have power of the word of God so that we don't have to be in subjection to the world, but we can conquer it. Scripture tells us a lot regarding overcoming the world. Romans 12 and 21, be not overcome of evil but overcome evil with good. Tells us. First John, it's just a few of them. First John 5 and verse 4. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he. Anybody got the Holy Ghost? Wave your hand right now. 
you don't have the Holy Ghost and you want the Holy Ghost, wave your hand right now. Come on. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Revelation 21 and verse 7. He that overcometh shall inherit all things. And I will be his God. And he shall be my son. Woo! It tells us what to do, sir. Quit trying to figure it out on your own. It tells us what to do. He that overcometh shall inherit all things. If you're worried about things, you better get a hold of him and you better overcome the world. You better say no to this world. Get out of my life, world. I don't want to have anything to do with you, world. And you're about to get everything that you possibly could want. We have nothing to fear. Everything we need to overcome the world is given to us. And here it is. I told you we are going to hear it a lot today. In the word of God. If the world comes at us tomorrow with this most evil imagination as of yet, we have nothing to be scared of because what's inside of us is much greater than anything this world could throw at us. And I am telling somebody today, we must be overcomers of this world. Truth Church in 2022, I would that you would stand to your feet right now and you would shout with a loud voice, I'm an overcomer. And if you don't feel like you are, let it come from your lips right now. Declare it with your mouth. I will be an overcomer. I'm going to overcome the flesh. I'm going to overcome this age. I'm going to overcome this world. Remain standing if you would. I'm not going to go through all of them. God gives us seven, seven areas, seven overcomers, if you will. Revelations 2, and I encourage you to go read them for yourself, but I'm just going to go through a few of them. Starting at verse 7 is where it starts. It goes all the way to verse 21, different verses. But I'll just give you a couple of them. Revelation 3 and verse 12. Him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God. And he shall go now no more out. And I will write upon him the name of my God. And the name of the city of my God. Which is New Jerusalem which cometh down out of heaven from my God. And I will write upon him my new name. Revelation 3, verse 21. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and am set down with my Father in his throne. These promises that you find in Revelation can be ours if we walk with God and overcome this present age in which we live. We must live in this society that God has placed us in. Wheat and tares will grow together. Sheep and goats will pasture together. Two must grind at the meal together side by side. Must we walk until God separates us. Until then, we must separate ourselves 
and be holy. Somebody say, I got to be holy. We got to live in this world, the Bible says. But I got to be holy. I got to be beside the goat. I got to be beside the liar and the cheater. I got to live in the same neighborhood as a bunch of heathens. But I got to remain spotless. I got to remain pure. I'm going to love them. I'm going to care for them. I'm going to try to witness to them and disciple them. Listen to me. I got to remain an unspotted people. Here it is. And I'm going to open these altars to us. The promise, the promises of God are to overcome, to overcomers, not to ones who conform. The promises of God are not to those that say, well, I care about the world. I'm going to live like the world a little bit and live like Jesus on Sunday. No, no, no. The promises of God are to overcomers, not to ones that conform. Young people, you can't look like, you can't act like, you can't live like, you can't talk like, you can't be like those. Pastor Darren, is it really that big of a deal? It is. But as I always say, don't take my word for it. Go read it yourself. I hate when I do this, but here it goes. Ignorance is not bliss. How many of you work in a corporate job? Raise your hand. Work a corporate, you work for a firm, you work for a corporation. Raise your hand, raise your hand high. Keep them up for me. Look around, ladies and gentlemen. Look around. You have safety procedures, you have business policies, you have things that you must know and you must live by and you must work by, right? Is that truth? You have to do that. Brother Jonathan, if you were to walk into your corporate office in Frisco Plano area and you were to do your job how you want to do it and not how they told you to do it and you were not to follow your procedures and your policies, you would be let go. God's blessed him with a good job and God's blessed him with a boss that man just... It's really awesome. He like tells me stuff and I'm like, man, that's pretty cool. But not all places are like that. But still, there's policies and there's procedures. There's things that when you got hired, you had to read everything. You probably didn't. Some of you did. Some of you didn't. You had to sign everything. You had to do all the stuff you're supposed to do. And they told you this is what's supposed to happen. And every year, they give you updates and you have to have an eval and they give you all this stuff. And if you don't do your job how they tell you to do your job, and you don't follow the policies and procedures that they've written and taken time and lawyers have signed off on and, and, and the, the uh, what's that thing I'm looking for? The, uh, those people, yeah. HR, thank you. HR signed off on it. What happens is that you get that dreaded call. Come to the office or pack your stuff up. It's much worse when it relates to salvation there is a book that has been given to us and yes we live in this age we live in this world and we have promises from God we have promises that we will be overcomers 
if we follow the policy, if we follow the procedure, if we follow the employee handbook, if we do what the employee handbook tells us to do, and only then do you have an option for stock options. Only then do you have an option for raises at the end of the year. Only then will you get your bonuses if you follow the employee handbook. It's the same way in the kingdom of God. Heaven is our destination that we're looking to. Heaven is a place that we want to go to. But when Jesus Christ gave us the employee handbook, it was for overcomers only, not to conformers, not to people that look like the world, not the people that act like the world, not the people that breathe like the world. We must be transformed in our spirits and our lives. We must live our life by the handbook. We must witness every day with our life and be blind to those things in this present world. We must be blind to everything that urges us, Sister Jolanta, to be like and act like and talk like and live like this age. I'll tell you something. I'm getting personal here, but I'm going to do it. If you do your job today how you want to do it and not how they tell you to do it, If you have a problem with insubordination, I'm going to tell you something. You probably have a problem with this too. Well, I'm going to do it how I want to do it. That's really not that important anyway. If you have a problem with doing that in the world, unless it's contrary to God's word, then that's okay. If it's not contrary to God's word and it is a rule and an establishment and something they put into place for you, then you probably have a problem with God's rules and God's regulations and the things that God wants us to do. And God tells you, you got to be an overcomer. And so I want to submit to you on this Sunday morning, the second Sunday of January, we got to live as overcomers. We can't live as being a slave to the age in which we live in. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter what comes our way. Why don't you pick up this book, hold it close to your heart find out what it means and say God let me judge myself according to your word every hand lifted every eye closed across this building if you're in this building today and you've never been baptized in Jesus name you've never been filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost the promise is for you it is it is the hope it is the hope that you will give Jesus Christ an opportunity to save you and change you truth church can't do it your friend can't do it, but God can save you from this untoward generation. God can wash your past completely and totally clean. You won't understand it, but God can do it. And God can help you live as an overcomer in this day and age. You do not have to live as a slave to this world. You don't have to live as a slave to alcohol. You don't have to live as a slave to money. You don't have to live as a slave to anything last thing I'm going to say before they start singing and these altars are open listen to me the Bible tells us and I've used it frequently he would that you would prosper as your soul prospers it's a guarantee 
bonus, if you will. It's a guaranteed raise, if you will. It's a guarantee. If you'll say, Lord, I'm going to live my life for you. I'm going to live my life sold out to you. I'm going to let this be my judge. I'm going to let this be my guide. If you'll do that, it's a guaranteed blessing. He would that you would prosper as your soul prospers. And so I open this altar up to everybody that is comfortable to come right now. Hands lifted. There's going to be people that will pray for you if you want them to. If you want to be baptized in Jesus' name, Brother Ashley is right over here to my left, right over here to this door. He'll take you to the, to the baptismal rooms, and we got clothes that you can change into. You don't got to wait until next week. You don't got to wait till tomorrow. You can be baptized today in Jesus' name. If you're watching online, you can be baptized in Jesus' name. All you've got to do is contact us at the, on the bottom of the screen there. Contact us. We'll open up the church. We'll bring you in here. We'll baptize you in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ will fill you with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Come on true church if you're not an overcomer, be an overcomer in this altar today. We don't got to be a slave to the flesh. We don't got to be a slave to this world. Come on let's sing it right now all across the building. Come on hands lifted all across the building. Heaven's angels on the 